Here's the thing. Do you think a nice cool minute help if I shoved your head up your ass? Okay, now we're recording. So now we're recording. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, I see the little blue spiky lines. Yep. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hi, hello. Welcome. Hi, welcome. Welcome to How Have You Not Seen This? I'm Daniel Carlson. And I'm Tracy Carlson. Yep. It's rela- uh, related through marriage. Yes, That's how we, we are married. Husband and wife. Indeed. How Have You Not Seen This? The show where one of us hasn't seen a movie, the other one has. And then and we make the each other, other one, watch it. Yeah, we make each other watch it, usually shaming them like, how have you not seen this? And you that's idiot. how we came up with the name. Mm-hmm. Was through shame. We're super creative. It's the it's the name shame. Mm-hmm. The shame name. Mm-hmm. Yep. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Welcome to episode 604. Hope, well, thank you for our longtime <laughs> listeners and support. We couldn't do it without you. We hope you enjoyed the mini-sode. Yeah. Last week. We're actually going to do more of those uh because we really like the viewer mail that like someone will write in and be like, Hey, what do you think of this movie? And we're like, wait, why don't we just talk about it in a mini sode as opposed to taking up, you know, movie time. Yeah. Valuable episode time where you, the listener are like, I did not tune in to hear about that other movie. I turned in to hear about this movie. Yes. So we don't want to waste your time. We appreciate your, uh, your dedication. Indeed. Indeed we do. Mm -hmm. Um, today, we're talking about a classic cult classic that is celebrating its 20th anniversary yep. this year yep. and the first time streaming available streaming now on Hulu before it was like you either had to rent it, which you can't now. Um, sorry, blockbuster and um, RIP. <laughs> you can't. Um, and if you wanted to buy it, you had to buy it for like 80 bucks yeah, on Amazon. And the film is 1999's Drop Dead Gorgeous. Drop Dead Gorgeous. Drop Dead Gorgeous. And I am here to say, Daniel, how have you not seen this? It was my first time seeing Drop Dead Gorgeous. Uh, I have no, no good excuse for not having seen this movie in 1999. In 1999, I was 17 really into movies, and it had been a couple of years since Denise Richards had become very important to me. So there was no reason this should not have been on my radar. And, and I remember, every guy. I remember it being around, well, yeah, when you're... Wild so- things. I know, yeah, I know. Sophomore high school. It's life-changing. Um, this came out, and I remember it coming out, and I remember seeing about it, and I have no good excuse for not having seen it. It's clearly the kind of movie I would have loved in 1999. You were like, cackling throughout the movie. Oh, I loved it. Like It reminded me so much of... A mix of Christopher Guest movies and Election. Yeah, uh, that's and good. I love both those things, and I saw Election that year. I loved Election. I loved Election. Yeah. Why did I not see another dark satire of American culture through the lens of high school? Like, I'll tell you. I don't. It's it's amazing. So I'll tell you. So I regret not having seen this, and I knew about it. I mean, it is a pop cultural artifact. I recognize the film stills from it, like Denise Richards with the Mount Rushmore head on her her mask on. Um, but I, I have no good reason for not having seen it when I was uh, 17, 20 years ago. But I'm so glad that I did because I loved it. I thought it was amazing and hilarious and weird and dark and funny and fucked up and subversive and twisted and so good and stacked with a killer cast. Like, just loved it. Yes. it. You were pretty much... If you... Well, and, and I'll, I'll be telling you a lot more about it. Um, basically... New Line, 
which put it out, uh, they kind of fucked you out of seeing it uh, in that instead of what they should have done, which is release it as an indie and promote it as an indie, they were like, no, we're going to release this as a mainstream. And like a major teen comedy kind of thing? Yes. Oh, that's a horrible idea. Yes. And that's why <laughs> no a lot of people... It tanked. Yeah. It, that's why it tanked. Um, yeah. This is election. If they promoted it like a, like a word of mouth indie. Yes. Like it, like an awards targeting satire comedy like end of year thing. Yes. It would have really had some legs. So I got a lot of great information from a New Yorker piece by Gia Tolentino and a BuzzFeed piece by, I will get you their name later because I cannot find it. Um, and Wikipedia, I mean, I guess Wikipedia sort of gave me some information. Also an article written by the film's producer, Gavin Pallone, and uh, Box Office Mojo. Uh, in general, this is just one of those movies that you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know why uh, it costs 15 million. I'm giving you like rough numbers. I'm not going to like go down to the, and that's to the like, penny. And yeah, in the nineties, 15 million and Nothing. it only made 10. Um, that's so cheap though. Like that's so cheap. Even yeah. when you add in like marketing and advertising, that's not a lot of money at all. Yeah. Well, and what Daniel's quick to remind me, which I'm, I was glad because I get, thank you, Sadie. I was literally talking about Daniel being a loud drinker and Sadie's in the background like, a slurp, slurp, slurp. Um, Good job, Sadie. Waiting for Guffman, which came out uh, two years earlier, cost four and only made two. So people were like, not, I guess either not into the, the mockumentary, which Drop Dead Gorgeous is a mockumentary about a teenage beauty pageant in the fictional town of Mount Rose, Minnesota. Um, Good job. I know. I'm going to just... Accents after dark. I feel... It's the middle of the day. They don't know that. They do. I just told them. Um, I am probably going to slip into a Minnesota accent at times because I just do that. If I talk to my friend from New York and I will end up, I end up like talking like I'm from New York for a while afterwards. I can't help it. Um, Give it the accents. I am not. I can't do it. I can like, oh yeah. Like that's about it. Oh, sure. You betcha. Yeah, I realize I'm just doing bad Fargo quotes. So I don't know how much I want to say. I guess here's the thing: you you should see it regardless. So um, good. Hulu. The movie centers on a lopsided rivalry between Amber Atkins, who was played by Kirsten Dunst, um, a working class sweetheart with corn silk hair. It's very accurate, and an after school job doing makeup on embalmed corpses. And Becky, a stone cold rich girl who carries her breasts around like a warning and looks at the camera as if she wants to leave it penniless in a divorce. Don't you love that? Who wrote this? That was that was by uh, Gia Tolentino. Nicely done, Gia. I know. That is dead on. I know. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> Becky. It- <laughs> dog we got our dog another treat yesterday and she's throwing it around in yeah. anger because we're not paying attention yeah to her. we got her a giant moose antler and she's just like Rah! welcome back to our podcast dog noises yes thank you for um here. becky is played by denise richards a 28 year old denise richards she yeah she does not remotely look like a high school 28 years That's old a grown-ass woman uh kirsten dunst was 17 and very much looked Get out. she does yeah fucking adorable Amber's been raised in a trailer park by her mother, Annette, who was played perfectly, 
perfectly by Ellen Barkin. So good. A nicotine-crazed beautician. She's almost like the silent MVP of the movie because she's so good. The not-silent MVP, though, <laughs> was uh, my goddess who I light candles to, Allison Janney. All hail. As her best friend, Loretta. All God. Hail. Allison Janney is the greatest gift you have given us. Thank you. You know what else Allison Janney did in 1999? What? Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh! Two great supporting roles in teen comedies that year. You need to... Yeah, so she was amazing. Get up like, to the mic, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that better? Don't... Not too much? Wow. Weird? Got it. Anyway... Uh, Becky's mother, Gladys, who is a homicidal queen bee who racks up a body count in her quest to secure her daughter, the Mount Rose American teen princess crown. Now, Becky's mother, Gladys, is played in, I'm going to go ahead and say, not acting much, crazy Kirstie Alley. Yeah, she's, she seems pretty much. Fucking crazy. And I'll tell you later, like, what she was like on the set. She was exactly the way that you would imagine a crazy Scientologist to be. I was going to say she's a Scientologist, right? Yeah. And she's nutso. You betcha. She's not just like a dabbler. She's like full on. No, she's full on. Yeah. All her costumes had to be approved. By the Scientology people? Yeah, you betcha. Get out of town. Um, so we, yeah, that's that's the gist of the movie. It's a beauty show, a beauty pageant. A beauty pageant. And for you've, high got, you've got this sweetheart versus the... And it's and very clearly... Dying very clear people start dying it's very clearly rigged mm-hmm. uh for the for the bad girl and you're like you know rooting for the good girl but you're like well she doesn't have a fucking chance no um we also have sam mcmurray as lester lehman who i adore and he's so good <laughs> if you have ever watched like the tracy ellman show uh he is just oh god he's so great he's such a fantastic racist asshole uh mindy sterling who i adore um is uh gladys's best friend iris clark then you have Brittany murphy is one of the uh pageant contestants and i don't i didn't see anywhere that this is how she got cast but i imagine that she got cast because producer gavin pallone produced eight millimeter Oh. Um, right before. Hmm. Interesting. That was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which also came out the same year. Yeah. And um, it the it made me sad to see her because she's so she was so goddamn talented. Yeah. And um, I, I wrote like R.I.P. in my notes. Like I wrote just, R.I.P. too. It's just she's she was so good. And she natural. had this light inside of like her. She, and she she was lucky enough to be perfectly cast in a couple of great roles like this and Clueless in the 90s. Yes, yes. Where she's so good and relatable and believable and down to earth. And like, she's kind of got this like scruffy, grungy around the edges thing, but she's so good at it. Like, she's so sweet and fun. Like, <laughs> when she I loved her, her character. Dad. Yeah. I loved her character so much in this. Yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing. Peter never would have pulled a shenanigan like that. Well, you know what, Dad? You know what? Peter's gay. Yay! I just love that moment. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> she she kills it. She's she knows. She has this like twinkle in her eye the whole time. Yep. Like she's great. Yep. Um directed. Oh, no. My god, I can't believe I'm forgetting like the most important. Mm-hmm. This well, threw me. This surprised important. me. The director. Um 
the director's not the most important. No, no, no. I was going to say in her first ever film role, we have Amy Adams. Oh, my God. Six-time Academy Award nominee. Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. And she was found um, doing dinner theater in um, in Minnesota. Yeah. And the really hilarious thing is the lady who wrote this movie, Lana Williams... Lona, Lana, I'm going to say Lana, the way it's spelled, I don't know. Sure. Um, she was irritated by the fact that they couldn't find girls that didn't have pencil-thin eyebrows because that was the uh, look in Hollywood at the time. Oh. And Amy Adams comes in with these, like, bushy eyebrows, and <laughs> she's like, oh, there, oh, yeah. Um, also, really, like, Amy Adams' bushy eyebrows got her this role. <laughs> that, that, and no kidding, that, and everybody said, like, when she walked in, they were like, "Good lord!" Like, not just that she's beautiful, but she's another one that just has a light. She does. You she's just got this energy. You're like, oh, you're doing something. You're she's gonna go great. somewhere. She's so good in this movie too. Oh, precious. And the thing is, like, baby. it's her film debut, but you would never know it. She's so funny. No, you never know it. She's great with the comedy. She's self-assured. She nails her jokes. Yep. She understands her role. She knows she's not like the star star. She's like one of the supporting roles. She's great. She's so funny. You would never think this is her first movie. No. Like at all. So I was shocked by who directed this. Me too. I was blown yes. away. I wrote my notes like who directed this? And when it came up at the end of the movie, I was stunned. Michael Patrick Jan, mm-hmm. who if you are my age or in the age of MTV's The State, you will know him as the tall, super tall guy with glasses who wasn't always, he didn't talk a lot. He was, he did a lot more of the writing and directing. But he was one of the creators of The State. Yes. Yeah. One of the creators of The State. Um, and then he also directed Reno nine one a lot of Reno nine one ones and right. stuff and yeah the state kind of split into people who did more of the behind the scenes and people who did more of um, the acting in fact Tom Lennon is the voice of yep. the, the mockumentary the the director mm-hmm. I don't know he's never seen he's the off screen voice of the right. camera director guy saying oh what do you want to do yeah. right right mm-hmm. um, yeah so Lana Williams. This is what's so great. Um, I'm going to get to my just do, 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 do. I have so many notes on this because I loved it so much. And I wanted to, I didn't want anybody to miss out on anything. Um, So it was first time screenwriter, Lana Williams. And it was a very personal story. She was raised in Rosemount, Minnesota. Oh, (laughs) so I get it. You know, Mount Rose, Rosemount. Um, the clear inspiration for Drop Dead Gorgeous is Mount Rose, Minnesota. She participated in beauty pageants through her youth, culminating in being crowned Minnesota's junior miss in high school. And she told BuzzFeed, she said this was, it was just like what they say in the movie, where if you weren't one of the fry girls, meaning the, you know, kind of burnout uh, girls, you did this, you did this, um, Pageant, pageant yeah no matter what and they say that this they, they're they're asking one of the girls they're like why are you doing this pageant she's like because it's what you do when you turn 17 mm-hmm. um and the oh my god the supporting girls one of them's like obsessed with dogs one of them <laughs> one's a uh, funny theater girl who's like super of, dramatic yes. she's great one of them is is a, an american girl who was adopted by a japanese family so that they could become more american 
and her whole thing is like being Japanese American. It's very funny. And I have something interesting about that too. Okay. Um, yeah, Williams uh, went on to nationals. She came in second place. She did not, she just wanted to get out. She wanted to get out of Rosemount and she did. Uh, she used her scholarship to go to the University of Minnesota and that was great. Um, she said uh, all of her experiences in the competition ended up informing her work. Uh, there's like thousands of little pieces, even the absurd, there's an absurd stepladder dance that the contestants perform and it, they did the same thing at her nationals, except in the movie, the little, the little stepladders had just been painted. So the girls are just covered in blue paint by the end of it. It's very funny. Um, Jan says you're really invested in like this particular story and then it's gone. You're like, Oh, this isn't the story of just good girl versus bad girl. This is more of an esoteric story of how success is sort of mercenary and empty and meaningless, which is kind of true. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a great quote that I couldn't find. I would totally cut it in, but I couldn't find it um, on YouTube. But Loretta, again, who play, who's played by Alice and Janney, she's like, what is wrong with you? And Amber says, I don't know. I just didn't want to win like this. And Loretta goes, you stop right there. You are a good person. Good things happen to good people. And Amber goes, really? And she, Loretta goes, no, it's pure bullshit, sweetie. You're lucky as hell, so you might as well enjoy it. Mm -hmm. That was a great moment. Accurate. And also very accurate. Um it was a hard process for Williams because she was really new to the whole thing and there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on that I don't think, this is Jan speaking, I don't think she was entirely plugged into and reasons for things to happen. And yeah, one thing that I noticed was uh, when I was researching this film, I have never seen a screenwriter so super involved in a movie. Um, and this may shock you, she was the silent judge. No way. Jean. The that's silent judge. The woman that never speaks. Yeah. That's the screenwriter. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's the screenwriter. That's awesome. Who just sit there, sits there looking miserable the entire that's time. That's awesome. And she kind of was. Yeah. Um, because she hated Jan. Uh, I think I could have probably been nicer, says Jan. As a 26-year-old, 26. Think, I'm thinking Great of you movie when, for a 26-year-old. I'm thinking of you when you were 26. 26-year-olds are assholes. I was probably a little more like, no, we're fucking doing it this way. What are you talking about? I was maybe a tiny bit insensitive at that time in my life. Williams, who was in her early 30s at the times, didn't mince words when recalling their conflict. I just found him to be kind of an asshole. Yeah. I remember going out in the rain crying, going to my rental car, like having a full body cry because I felt like, oh my God, this could get away and not turn out the way I see it. And then there's this like long pause and she's like, I really didn't favor him. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, I mean, it's, uh, that's tough. Well, Karma came back because he's never directed another movie. Just Never TV. directed another movie. And she has only done, she, she followed it up with Sugar and Spice. Do you remember that? Vaguely. About like the cheerleaders who rob a bank. Yeah. yeah didn't, mm -hmm. didn't work so well. Yeah. Um, so the girls all got along. Okay. Um, Although Amy Adams does talk about how she punched Kirsten Dunst once because On Kirsten purpose? Dunst, yes, oh. was being really snotty about um, interview Mi with a vampire Minnesota people, oh. <laughs> and she was like, "That's fucking enough." Oh, like these these are my people. Step down. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. And I, I'm also much older than you. I also Shut love that. Uh, I love that she's just like, "No, you're not going to talk about." What did she say? 
She I've punched got her. it. I love that she punched her. Yeah, um, she had like, a wicked sense of humor, and she defended the Minnesota folk one too many times for my liking, so I punched her. It wasn't a true punch, though, because I could have disabled her. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that about Amy Adams, who can do many things. Yeah, yeah. She... Yeah, she was. Amy Adams was spotted in the chorus of the Country Dinner Playhouse production of Anything Goes by producer Michael Nelson, who made her audition for the role. Get so, out. Yeah. Well, she owes that guy a steak dinner. The original title of the film okay. was Dairy Queens. No, Drop Dead had, Gorgeous is funnier. But it Plus had to be play. changed after the corporation that owns the Dar Queen, as my mother calls it, mm-hmm. Ice Cream Chain, filed a lawsuit. Well, I don't blame them Drop at Dead all. Drop Dead Gorgeous is a much better title. Um... So they they worked that out. That that was fine. Do you want to talk about Kirstie Alley? Yeah, let's talk about Crazy Kirstie Alley, who, by the way, uh, is bananas good in her role. Bananas in this movie. good. She's great. She's like psychotic. She's mean. She's manipulative. I knew what was happening very early on. Mm-hmm. It's not super complicated to to guess what's happening. The the links to which she will go to rig this contest for her daughter. Yes, but that's not. That's not bad. That doesn't detract yeah. from the movie, the experience at all. I love, and I also, I love the, um, they, like, they clearly bribe and cajole and do whatever they need to do to get the judges. So one of the judges, his name is John Doe. Yeah, but D-O-U-G-H, like Cookie D-O-U-G-H, Doe. and he is clearly a sex offender mm-hmm. Yeah, who has changed his name. He is <laughs> obsessed with the girls, like... It's and it's Matt Malloy. I don't if you can look him up, you'll be like, oh, it's that guy. And this poor man for 20 years, when people see him, they scream pervert at him. (laughs) (laughs) He is like, I really loved the movie. I'm really I'm not a pervert. I swear. He's a really reliable character actor. He's super pervert in the movie. He's like people yell that at him. He's like, yeah, let's bring the young girls in. I mean, the contestants, things like that. Yeah. Uh, And he's stayed friends with Lana Williams. And um, yeah, she has kind of stayed away from the movie. This BuzzFeed article is five was five years is five years old. It was celebrating the 15th anniversary. And. And Lana Williams is like, I had not thought of this movie in 15 years. And I'm like, that is not true. That's but whatever lie. you want to say. You've, you've thought about it and probably had a lot of mixed emotions and regrets and sadnesses Indeed. for the past 15 years. Uh, so, okay. What you would expect, Allie, uh, Kirstie Alley and Ellen Barkin were kind of the most removed from the group. Because they were the big stars. That makes sense. Okay. They filmed for two weeks and never overlapped. Um. Allie was, by all accounts, a memorable, memorable presence on set, for better or for worse. As Jan put it, Jan again, the director, it was my introduction to, oh, that person's a huge fucking star. <laughs> <laughs> now, Allie, who declined to comment for the BuzzFeed story, no, get out of town. She refused to wear many of the costumes chosen for her and didn't show up to fittings. Instead, she had her clothes sent to the Scientology Celebrity Center in Hollywood and would Been try there. them on there. Okay. What? You have been there? Been by it. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm not supposed to talk about it, but Xenu is pretty important to me. She also turned down working with the onset dialect coach. Okay. Bradley just, I don't know. Well, she sounded good. So She, she sounded real call. good. It's a fair call. Malloy recalled Allie's first day on set, and I love this so much because it is exactly the way I would expect her to be. And um, if it's not too long, I'm going to try to cut in um, a, a 
oh, what's her name? The redhead comedian, Kathy Griffin bit about uh, meeting Kirstie Alley or working with Kirstie Alley um, because it's exactly what, what, what you'd think it would be. She's legit crazy. So that's what I love about her. I loved her on Dancing with the Stars. I love when she was on Oprah and famously didn't lose any weight and just wore pantyhose and a bra and said she did, allegedly. And you know, you know I love that she got a million dollars from Jenny Craig to be their spokesperson. A million dollars. And then she ate it. Um. Okay, so here's what. Malloy's... Uh, says her first day on set she gets up there and she announces she's just quit smoking she's on a diet and she's got her period and she's not fucking kidding Ooh, <laughs> sassy just i can 100 percent see that mm -hmm. also kind of something i would do so mm -hmm. i don't fault her for that was this um, this was this was 1999 so they're shooting it in the late 90s so she's been a big star by this for many years by this point having done many years on Cheers, and I think at this point she's doing Veronica's Closet. Yes. So yeah, she's a major, she's a major star, but there's still, there's there's decorum, and there's getting up and announcing your intentions to the staff like that. It's pretty fucking rough. I just thought, I, I was like, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, you know what? If you're, if, if you're going to be, um, I mean, I kind of do this with you. I'm like, listen, I'm just going to let you know what's happening in my life right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like a crazy person. Here's the info. I want chocolate and I want to murder you. And he's like, yes. all right, all right. I support all those things. I have the update. Mm -hmm. And it works well for us. Works perfectly. He doesn't have to guess what I'm thinking. Nope. It is written in neon. Don't women, don't do that whole thing where you're like, I'm fine, but you're not. Don't do that. If he's like, what's wrong? Just be like, I'll tell you what's wrong. He's really asking because he's stupid. Yeah. Trust me. He's not playing coy. No. He really wants to know. Yeah. He's not, he does not have complex thoughts. Yeah. Uh, now, I personally thought Kirstie Alley was hysterical. Lana Williams she was great. couldn't stand her and did not think she was funny. And that's the thing. I think what's interesting about that is like two things can be true at the same time. Like she can be a psycho Scientology beast, like just a pain in the ass, awful person, and yet turn in a hilarious performance in a great movie. Yes. You know, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, yes. I have no doubt. That she was an asshole. No, Williams to didn't these like her performance. Oh no way, really? No, she didn't think she was funny at all. Get out of town. And I'm like, do you, um, uh, this is when you want to go. Okay, well, you're a first-time screenwriter, and the fact that you're allowed to be on set at all is kind of amazing. I know. So also, shut up. The writer is almost always fired for rewrites. The That's fact the that you thing. got to even be treated this well and be in the movie, take the check, leverage this into uh, a career as a writer or punch-up or whatever you want to do, but like. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. No, she was really, it was really oh. important to her that she be, because it was her story. I get it. That she be really, really involved. And yeah, it really fucked her she, over. That's the thing. Like, she's made, she made the mistake, movies are not the, a writer's medium. She should have written a book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If she, if she wanted no, that's a really good point. If she wanted control over the story, she that's should, a really she should have point. written a novel. Yeah. She The minute she wrote a screenplay and sold it, it became property of the studio and the director. And you say, farewell. I'm happy to take the check. Call me if you need anything. Goodbye. Yeah. Farewell. Mm -hmm. I'll be the same. Adieu. We're running from the Nazis. We wear our little shorts. Yes. Uh, the larger battle, which was primarily waged during post-production, was over the film's tone, which was decidedly bleak. Indeed. 
But it's really well done. It's bleak and funny. It's so Again, perfect. If you haven't seen it, you can't imagine it being any other way. If you haven't seen it, election is a really good uh, touch point in this. Yes. Like uh, something that is, but like because election has the same mix of like it's funny, like laugh out loud funny, but also twisted and fucked up. Yes. So this has this a really similar vibe. Yes. While Drop Dead Gorgeous's pitch black comedy and gleefully over the top violence were a selling point for many of the actors who signed on, there were concerns that this darkness would alienate potential audiences. That just wasn't something that Williams was worried about. She was like, no, this is going to be great. Now, here, <laughs> the original ending is fucked up. In the original ending, Kirstie actually killed herself in prison, says Jan. Cool. In the next scene, there was just her feet swinging in the jail cell, and it went from her feet swinging down to an ashtray with a still lit cigarette. By the way, everyone smokes there, in this movie. Yeah, if there is a co-star, it is lung uh, cancer. Yeah, <laughs> everybody smoked constantly everywhere. Yeah, it's a hilarious side gag. Everyone smokes. During Cops, doctors, the, everyone like, smokes. Uh, in the hospitals, everywhere. Every character During smokes. the pageant. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. all over the place. Um, then, with Gladys dead, the shooting spree, well, you know, give, watch the movie. Giveaway. Yeah. The shooting spree at the end of the film was the work of librarian Iona Hildebrand. Remember her? Yes. Herself, the original Mount Rose American teen princess during World War II, she was the very first one, 1945, who snapped as a result of the bastardization of the pageant. I kind of think that's better. The audience had a visceral reaction to the twisted conclusion. They were like, no, 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 no. Test audiences. No. I think think it's a mistake to leave that big a decision up to test audiences. I think you'd burn test audience theaters down. I would. You're very against test audiences. Well, like, I think, I, I think, who was it? I think it might have been Fincher at one point or Soderbergh. Everybody Soderberg wants some. Was saying, yeah, like, uh, they can they can help you with, like, you know, is something working or not? But, like, that's a major decision in terms of where the movie goes to leave up to a test audience. So. See, New Line was really comfortable. New Line was like, yeah, no, it's dark. We love it. And then the test audience yeah, results came in and they were like, no. And, okay, so what else came in in 1999 came out? Jawbreaker. Uh, you want to talk about dark. Yeah, yeah. See, and that's the thing. Like, it was a really good era for dark indies, dark teen movies. We'd gone, like, it's... They went they to Jan. They went to Jan, and they were like, "We want it to be like Clueless." And Jan's Whoa. like, "It's not Clueless." Oh my god, it's so far from like, Clueless. Like we can't make it Clueless. No. Um, That's he said. You can't it's even not tweak like it that. To that. This it's... is for the girls who went to Clueless and were like, "Fuck them." Yeah, <laughs> exactly, Mike. <laughs> Which I kind of love. He's like, "No, no, no. This is like goth Clueless. We cannot do." We cannot do clue, and also you can't go to a director at the end of a film and be like, "Can you make this more like Clueless?" I, yeah. What? Can you take all the shots that you shot, all the all the takes, everything, put it together, and edit it so aggressively that you remove out most of the lines and tone, and make it feel like another movie entirely? Okay, thanks, bye. Yeah. Like, he said that's not he how felt, that works. He said I just felt burned by the fact that everyone was so positive about it, and then everyone was so negative yeah. about it, like the flip of a switch. And that's where I think his age comes in, where you want to go, oh, baby, that's Hollywood. Like he was just 26. That's literally every movie ever, where they come in and they're like, oh, we love it. Now, here, change everything. He didn't have the leverage or even maybe the skill set at 26 to like find a way to like 
satisfy both needs to be like we can soften it but also keep some of this well also emotionally i don't think he understood no, he was he like, like but this is what i did yeah and no i don't mean that he was a dick i mean emotionally i think he was like this is what i did i did the thing that i was supposed to do and this is the vision and why aren't you doing my vision sure because i feel like the state was um i feel like the state sorry if y'all hear hercules in the background he is being very insistent um I think they were kind of allowed to do whatever they wanted. Oh, yeah. So I imagine for Jan... was like, hey, you guys are popular with the kids. Make your weird sketches. Yeah, I feel like with Jan, he was like, why can't I do this? Because he was coming off the state, too. He's like, Here. he's like, look how much hot shit I am. I was a big hit on MTV. I know the youth demo. I know the youth market. Like, look at what we can do. Yeah. So why don't you trust me to do that? And it's a shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they talk about how it should have been marketed as an indie. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I, I couldn't stop thinking about that the whole time. And I remember it being pitched as like, like a, a high school comedy, even though, even like a high school comedy with edge, but it is, it is so not, it's a movie for grownups really. Yeah. Gavin Pallone, it's not a kid movie. Um, he says that the problem was that new line before they had a chance to be like, Hey, Indy, they were like, Oh, sorry, we already sold the international rights. And uh, there was a, as it says, an odd bit of studio interference. New Line made at least one request to cater to a foreign market, which we are not uh, at all unfamiliar with. In fact, we we're just talking right, about yeah, that. Huh, tell, yeah. tell them what you were telling me. Oh, yeah. So the trailer just came out for Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, so Top Gun Maverick, the trailer's now out. Uh, and it's been pointed out that the patches on the back of Maverick's flight jacket have now changed to remove uh, the Japanese flag uh, and other things as well to satisfy Chinese financiers and Chinese audiences. I believe they're pronounced financiers. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So this is not unusual. This is the same kind of thing. Same kind of shit. They insisted also that the filmmakers cast Japanese superstar Seiko Matsuda. Okay. A pop singer and songwriter. She was, was she the sister? She was the sister. Matsuda ended up making a brief appearance as the sister of con- of contestant Molly Howard, essentially as a punchline. And her addition had no bearing on it. Like, yeah. it did nothing and that they the thought thing. it would do. When she shows up, the first scene she's in, she shows up and I was like, oh, she's also pretty. Is she going to be in the pageant? And that's going to be like a running thing, like she's competing with her sister? I would love to know what she was saying. Yeah. but And yet she, you like never see her really. She's, she's going hey, if anyone, you know what? <gasps> we are going to ask our friend Josh, who speaks Japanese, to help us translate what she says. Because she has this scene where she like yells at her parents in Japanese. And I no would subtitles. love to know what she was saying. We don't, yeah. what, we don't know what is said. Yes. Okay. I'm going to ask Josh. Okay. Um, oh, Justine. Okay. Justine Zweibel wrote this, wrote a lot of this for BuzzFeed and wrote it very well. And I want to give her props. Thanks, Justine. Um, and also Hercules. This fucking cat, man. I'm telling you. So many of these fucking uh, cats. Yeah, it was, it was not a, it was not a monetary success. And, to say um, the least. To say the least. Yeah, the critics were vicious. That's a vicious. shame. Um, I love, Roger Ebert just said, like, maybe it looked funny on paper. Rog. I'm like, dude. 
And again, was so good. This is the same year that Election came out, and the fact that Election got raved over, and this also didn't... Austin Powers and Spy Who Shagged Me. Right. This is true. It, a lot happened in 1999. A lot of good movies came out in 1999. Um, so I'm I think, honestly shocked you can't list more. Uh, I have a list on my phone that I can go through right now. Oh my god! In no particular order. Be, I, I just ramble off. Like no. being John Malkovich, Arlington <gasps> Road, oh. uh, The Matrix, Toy oh. Story Two. See, they should have brought Club, it out. American I, Beauty, Election. I have it Existence, here, and I Eyes don't. Eyes wide shut. Okay, I can't. Like I have like. 40 pages of notes because oh, yeah. I am an obsessive 1999 was a packed freak. year for movies. So it's frustrating that in a year like that, that was doing so many different tonal things, especially when you have something similar like Election coming out, which is a, a good touch point for this, that they couldn't recognize the similarities or praise this for doing a, a similar kind of thing. Right. That's frustrating. Right. Um, yeah, the actors were largely able to brush off the negative reviews, but um, Lana... Williams was like deeply affected. She felt like it was a personal attack and like it totally destroyed her. Um, she hadn't seen Drop Dead Gorgeous for 15 years. I believe that. Yeah. Um, she, what I love is she said, um, with everything, you care so much about it and he gets slammed, it's crushing. So what do you do with that? I'm from the Midwest. Repression is good. I'm strong with the depression, with the repression. Jeez, that's rough. Goal, baby. She actually called Sugar and Spice, which was 2001, Sugar and Spice and Semi-Automatics. And um, <laughs> as a response to uh, Columbine, oh, yeah. uh, they toned it down a lot. Yeah, so I can only imagine. To. Then she got so pissed off that she took her name off the film. Really? And it is and now credited to a non-existent Mandy Nelson. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I know. Uh, Jan never made another film. Um, he said the response to Drop Tech Gorgeous forced him to take a step back from bigger work, which I think is a shame. I think, um, I wish that he had had a mentor or somebody who had said, dude, this was your first shot out of the gate and you need to use this as a lesson and cut your teeth on it and that kind of thing and keep going because you clearly have talent. Yeah. Um, he really did like, I mean, obviously he'd worked in TV with the state and done some writing, but for a first time feature this is really really strong but think back to uh savage Sav savage Steve Steve Sav he, he let the he let his bad movie mm -hmm. or his poorly reviewed movie mm -hmm. not a bad movie it's a great movie poorly reviewed yeah poorly reviewed movie um shut him down too yeah, it's true which is it's really rough. sad it's rough. um now i'm going to tell you it was a great, I mean, it, the success story was at Amy Adams, obviously. Um, she is one of the highest paid actresses in Hollywood now. Uh, Kirsten Dunst is obviously doing great. Uh, Kirsten Dunst, who um, found a lot of success in films by Sofia Coppola, whose dad um, was the director of The Godfather. Oh, there it is. There's a Godfather tie in. Yeah. Welcome back to our podcast. It all comes back to The Godfather. <laughs> I had to. Yep. Or I should say Sofia Coppola, who was in The Godfather 3, mm -hmm. which I do not recognize. No, it's not canon. No. Um, I'll tell you who the biggest fan of Drop Dead Gorgeous is. Hmm. Allison Janney. Oh, awesome. She, Allison Janney fucking it. loves Drop Dead Gorgeous. She, she gets um, 
she will be in places and she'll hear people quoting her lines from the movie. Nice. And she'll be like, that's me. And they're like, sweet Jesus. Like she, (laughs) it's like beyond for her. She can't, I've got to find, she talks about. I completely believe it because she did a great job, great performance, great comedy. In, and does a great job with the movie and, of course, wasn't attached in terms of, like, being the creator or owner. So she has the ability yeah. to kind of step back. Well, and Amy Adams was in it. And then Amy Adams was later uh, a guest star on um, The West Wing with that, obviously, Allison Janney was in and won many awards for. And she was like, do you remember when I was in Drop Dead Gorgeous? And Allison Janney's like, oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> that was wild. Oh, that's right. Um, they feel like the movie should have come out a couple years later because it could have been saved through social media like The Notebook was when it first stalled in theaters, which is interesting. What do you think of that? Saved by social media. It's possible, yeah. I, I really do, though, think that their their big mistake was the way they pitched it and the audience they pitched it toward. This is not a teen comedy. The, the late 90s, of course, were a, a big time for teen comedies. 1999 was also the year of American Pie. So, you know, I could see them wanting to pitch this as, like, an edgy teen comedy, uh, a teen comedy with, like, bite or something. You know, like, I I get the the appeal to want to do that. But this is not that. This is a movie much more like Election. This is an indie dark comedy. Yeah. And I think that social media or no, they made a mistake in the way they packaged it and presented it to audiences. Well, the and and the actors who were in it for all of them, they were like, it was an incredibly positive experience. None of them are like, I am sad that I did this. They're all happy. Oh yeah. They all enjoyed it. They had fun. They liked the movie. Um, it either brought them. Good God. I'm sorry about the cat. Fucking, I'm going to give him away. It either brought them, you know, kind of more recognition or it was just like a fun thing for them to do. Sure. Will Sasso, who plays, Oh my God. Plays the mentally handicapped mentally brother, handicapped of, the brother of, the, of one of the judges. In a role that would never be made today. Never. It's wildly inappropriate. It's wildly inappropriate. It's like, like, uh, it is to our time today, it's like Blazing Saddles or something, where you go back and you're like, oh, this is of its era. You're like, oh my, oh my. This is, they they say words that we don't say now, even in jokes. Oh my. They say certain words that we're like, we're not going to say that He loved it, though. He's like, look, I'm on fucking Mad TV. Why do I care? Like, Oh, yeah, he had a great career. People like it. They don't like it. There was another uh, Mad TV uh, cutie patoot, who I can't remember her name. She was um, uh, in the port commercial, Mm -hmm. another Mad TV Mm -hmm. person. Um, Allison Janney didn't give a shit. She didn't even know what the box office was. She didn't think about it. She was just excited to be part of the movie. Um, Again... The same year this came out, Allison Janney went on to be on The West Wing, and her career, which is already doing great, like just fucking jacked up a notch. Yes. So she was having a great time. So uh, this is this is the question: How can a uh, can a film spoken about with such reverence, fifteen twenty years after its release, truly be considered a failure? No. No. Financial, financially, yes, of course. Well, but we don't know well, that's, well, how much money it's actually made. That's the thing. Like, I, But I think in terms of, it's easy to say, like, it, it didn't do well at the box office. It sure, there were some home video purchases and rentals, and it made some money there. Um, but it's, I think it's fair to say it was not a financial success. It would be discussed as one if it were. Yes. But in terms of an artistic success, absolutely. It's fantastic. So um, Darren Stein um, wrote and directed Jawbreaker. Mm-hmm. which is an even darker high school satire. 
and it was also lambasted by critics, but became a beloved cult mm-hmm. classic. He says, I think all cult movies have something that's intrinsically transgressive about them. They go to a place that regular studio films don't go, don't go to that's usually darker, edgier, and more forbidden. People collect these films that have these dark elements that they enjoy. It's a truth-telling in a way that you don't see in a lot of films. Uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous and Jawbreaker have the added appeal of skewering high school, which Stein noted is a dark time for a lot of people. People love Drop Dead Gorgeous in part because, see the movie, the mean girl blows up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which you, people have dark fantasies in high school, and as an adult, they can actually live out these fantasies in a cinematic form, says Stein, which is... Yeah, like, that's the thing. That's exactly right. This movie goes the extra step it makes the joke that you don't expect or don't think it will have the courage to make yeah like it's it goes there like and it's and it does so in a really funny way it doesn't go there just to like push buttons or provoke either no like, it's not no. just like it's not just doing it for the hell of it no like it's really funny and well done do you want to know something else that i love hmm. um film extras movie extras who were not who did not know what was going to happen walked out on denise richard's performance of can't take my eyes off of you oh <laughs> oh my god yeah it's so good let me just tell you like they I'll, were so offended you, during the pageant they all have to do like a so their talent they have to do a, a talent and denise richards gets up in a, a sweater and a poodle skirt it starts singing can't take my eyes off of you badly badly uh to the quote-unquote like special man in her life and then out onto the stage is wheeled a, a dummy of jesus on the cross da, da, that she da, dances da, with da, and then pulls the arms off the cross and it hugs her. It's brutal. And then walk, walks off like she's carrying. She carries him. the cross off stage like on her shoulder, like like he. Yeah. yeah. It's rough, but it's so funny and so dark and amazing, and skewers perfectly that kind of like um, superficial religiosity that these pageant winners would would put on, and like this part of that culture and society too. Like it's it's so well done. It's amazing. But I, I guess them. Yeah, being surprised by it. Yeah. I just want to thank Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, here's one that I thought was really interesting. Uh, and I, and I, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, no, no, no. Um, it originally was not Ellen Barkin and Kirstie Alley. Okay. As, as Kirsten Dunst's mom and as Denise Richards' mom. Yeah. Okay. Who was it? It was Goldie Hawn. Okay. That's okay. No. Okay. Okay. She's too. She's too sweet. Yeah, she's. Ellen sweet. Barkin has the edge. Sure. And Sigourney Weaver. Oh. No. Yeah, it's hard to see anybody else because Kirstie Alley does such a good job with this. And and Sigourney Weaver has this gravitas that I'd be like, no, mm-hmm. no. She's like too. She's she's almost Sigourney. too serious and mean, too imposing. She's Sigourney fucking Weaver. Kirstie Alley is like insane and crazy and, and edgy and mean in this, but also has like a kind of comic uh, edge to her because of her because her work of her, her comic work. Yeah. So I think Sigourney Weaver would have been too scary. You'll betcha. As the bad guy. Yeah. You'll mm-hmm. betcha. Um, plus, you never know when an alien's going to show up. Yeah. Anytime. Um, here was an interview with Janie. Uh, they ask, Drop Dead Gorgeous pokes fun at so many sensitive things. Anorexia, your oh favorite God, part. Anorexia, funny. mental handicap, class distinctions, religion, gun rights. Do you think that would get made today? She goes, that's what I'm wondering. I don't think so. 
Did you have any hesitations upon reading the script? No, none. It's a mockumentary, so it's all a spoof. I don't think for one minute that it was making fun, but nowadays I don't know. It's such a different world now. You can't say all that. That's why I was kind of amazed that Bad world, bad Words came out. Do you know that movie, Jason Mm-mm. Bateman? Uh, uh, I, because I know it was it. pretty politically incorrect everything Mm -hmm. i loved being part of jason bateman's movie and i love him and being dangerous with stuff but of course you don't want to offend anybody so i don't know if it could i'd like to think it could but it's a different world it is a very different world it is and it would absolutely not be made no and i yeah i get it i get it yeah but also i'm like but it was so good it's funny and that's the thing like i think she makes a good point like about you know not trying to offend they're not trying to hurt or provoke or be mean they're trying to skewer certain stereotypes and archetypes and story ideas and that's what they do they're they're making fun of these things they're not there's no spite in this movie it's not a hateful thing it's more just like a dark comedy it, yeah it's, it's a it's a distinction it's it's a, maybe a narrow one in some areas but yeah. it's, it's definitely a distinction uh so Gavin Pallone talks about he had a really like he has things to say about Drop Dead Gorgeous and about how he got fucked over and and how the movie got fucked over and um uh how people really loved it he and and it's funny um <laughs> this is where I wrote ug he loved the whole mother daughter um young mother and daughter vibe uh you know them being able to talk about everything and oh i hate even saying this he went to his friend amy paladino sherman and was like you should do something with this and she's like okay get out so gilmore girls was born are you serious yeah and he even produced he produced a bunch of it wow i did not for those of you who don't know i loathe gilmore girls if i've just lost everyone i don't care bye-bye listeners i hate that show with a passion and do not apologize for it don't you don't you definitely don't i definitely don't but anyway uh it wouldn't exist without drop dead gorgeous interesting i love stuff like that (laughs) even if you don't like the show i think stuff like that's fascinating i do too i do too um it's uh this was the first theatrically released film that Pallone uh, produced. He he went on to do like Zombieland, Silent mm-hmm. Window, yeah. Ghost mm-hmm. Town. Did you do research? No, I just know who he is. You do not. Yeah, I do. Freak. <laughs> um, talks about Bring It On, which he thinks thematically bore a lot of similarities to Drop Dead Gorgeous. And I'm like, no. No. Though there is a moment in Drop Dead Gorgeous where Kirsten Dunst yells, Bring It On. And it gave me like a weird bit of like vertigo oh okay because i was like that movie hasn't happened yet but you're gonna be in it yeah he talks about how a good movie can be screwed when a studio loses confidence and tries to sell it as something that it isn't and that is completely accurate and again i'm just i'm beyond frustrated like a lot of mainstream stuff that came out in 99 not even indie stuff but mainstream stuff was pitched as subversive and dark and weird this is the year of fight club you know Mm -hmm. like and they were just like, it's about soap and fighting and punching. And you're like, what the fuck is this about? Like, I think they should have had more faith in their product and more faith in audiences. I mean, this was the year of the South Park movie. This was the year of another great occult classic that was, again, screwed over, Office Space. So uh, it's 
I think that this it, was the year of the cult classic. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Like I just I wish they'd had more more faith in their product because if they'd have failed, they would have failed and they failed anyway. So I mean, like you're back to square one. But they would have at least shot their shot in a better way for the audiences that they needed, like and sold the movie the way it was. Because if you saw this as if you were a teenager in the late '90s and saw this ad for like a teen comedy, and you go to see this, this is not what you're expecting. The Summer no. of American Pie. Yeah, this is not what you think you're going to get. No, and Pallone literally says, I've never seen this marketing tactic work on a movie. You can't succeed by fooling the audience. Yeah, they're going to know what it is because word of mouth is going to get out. Like, yeah. People talk about, did you like this movie? Did you see this movie? What's it about? Yeah, and I saw it in the theaters and I fucking When you it. see the disconnect between the way it's sold and what it actually is, you do upset people. And yes. that's going to come back to bite yes. you. Yes. Yeah. That's a shame because it was, it's a brilliant so funny and dark uh like i it's it's a lot of comedies you you tend to smile at or maybe you just like you know nod your head or like or like or how how droll like a lot of times you feel i do that with like how droll even certain tv sitcoms (laughs) like i find myself appreciating a sitcom more than like laughing at it but i was laughing out loud throughout this movie which is you were rare and a great sign like it is so funny it holds up so well are there some things in it that wouldn't be done the same way today? Yes. Are there some things in there that are potentially harder to watch today than they would have been 20 years ago because of just the way we think about things? Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I, I strongly recommend seeing this movie if you haven't. And if you have, revisit it. It's streaming on Hulu and it is so worth your time. It's yeah. It's a brilliant movie. 10 years in, 10 years after the film. I'm assuming this is 10 years after the film. Or no. F- yeah. Uh... Allison Janney told BuzzFeed that she's approached by fans more about Drop Dead Gorgeous than about any other project she's worked on, despite winning four Emmys for her part on the list. <laughs> That's awesome. She's like, or I'm a never mind. Or yes, I'm an thank Emmy you. Winning actress for yeah, right. Okay, fine, and of course sure. now she now she's won for Mom and she's won an uh, yep. Oscar. Mm-hmm. And let's just agree that she's one of the greatest actresses of our time. Allison Janney is a a goddess, national fucking treasure, a national treasure indeed. Yeah, indeed, she's great. Um, also, if you haven't look up like drop dead gorgeous drag shows because the costumes oh my god i bet that's amazing so fabulous i'll post some on the instagram that's awesome i was like well this is Mm -hmm. i want to be a part of this now Mm -hmm. um and it's also super funny because britney murphy's brother is a drag queen in the movie in new york in the movie uh in the movie sorry he's not i mean he might actually be i don't know i don't know if we have have a brother but we don't know in Let the us, movie he is, though. Give us a call. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So Great that's movie. So that's what, you, that's what you thought. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? I, I talked a lot because I had a whole bunch of stuff how dare to you, tell How dare you. you share interesting facts about this <laughs> f- fantastic <laughs> movie so that more people should you. know about? No, I <sighs> thought it was... I thought it was brilliant and, and funny and, again, willing to take these risks. Uh, it was so comfortingly 90s because it's, you know, shot on film. It's got this indie oh, look. Oh, yeah. It reminded me so much of Election. And it's basically Christopher Guest's Election. That's what you're going to get. Um, yes. And it's, it is so, it has so many great jokes. Like uh, Kirsten Dunst is talking about uh, one of the first pageant contestants to die, um, who was a farmer girl and liked to ride her tractor. And she says the heavy vibration helped her think and show us like to smoke a cigarette after. Like just little throwaway jokes like that. that it's actually just, a thresher. Thresher, sorry. That just really are amazing. Um, I was 
I was surprised that the movie goes on for as long as, long as it does toward the end, where the way it kind of takes you to other pageant shows and the way it wraps itself up. I really thought it was going to stay all within just the local show, but that's not a knock. I was just surprised by that. Um, I I was really taken by the characters. Um, I thought Kirsten Dunst does a great job. She's super charming and fun and relatable and nice. Denise Richards is great. Because Denise Richards... Evil! Denise Richards is great at that role. Like, yes. she's... She was already, you know, a grown-ass woman playing this. You know, she was 27. She'd done a, a psycho... Yeah. A psycho person a couple years earlier in Wild Things. She knows why she's being cast. And she knows what she can do. She knows her strengths and weaknesses. And so she does those things really well. Um, she does a great job. Again, Alison Janney, fantastic. Ellen Barkin, fantastic. Like, there's not a bad person in this cast. No. Um, it's just, it's not rock, one. it's rock solid. Uh, I had such a great time with it. It was so funny, and I'm so glad I finally saw it. What was your favorite part? My favorite part is, <laughs> there's a running thing. The, the previous year's winner is a girl who uh, now has anorexia and lives at the hospital in the anorexia wing. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. And, like, Kirsten Dunst goes to visit her and will, like, brush her hair, but her hair keeps falling out. It's so, so awful. And so then, of course, they bring her back for the pageant to, like, recreate her her award-winning thing from the previous year. And she's wheeled out on stage in a wheelchair because she can't walk because of the anorexia. And they've given a, her – she's blonde, and they put a black curly wig on her. Big Melissa and Manchester she, wig. She lip syncs to Don't Cry Out Loud. And it is so wrong. Don't cry out loud. Yeah. It's so wrong. And so fucked up and funny. Yes. Like, it's just... It, you were laughing like, so it, hard. I was like, It destroyed me. It destroyed me. It's, it's so great. It's so great. Everything I'm saying is horrible. <laughs> I'm saying horrible <laughs> it's things. Horrible. It's but horrible. But it's so funny. But it's... Oh, my God. It's... it's They nailed the dark comedy so well. Just so keep it just inside. Just a great movie. And I'm so glad I saw it. Thank you so much for showing it to oh, me. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Um... Crap! You were saying something about Kirsten Dunst. Oh, uh, they actually Jan was uh, Michael Jan was like super super obsessed with keeping it at ninety minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's funny that you think it went on too long because uh, they cut stuff. Yeah, I thought it was going to stay all at the regional pageant. The fact that it then goes to they had to give her her dream state and nationals. I thought it was just going to stay there because when Kirsten. They had to give her her dream. When Kirstie Alley's reading off the winner, she's like, the winner's contestant number, whatever, it's my daughter. And I'm like, is there going to be a controversy about how Kirsten Dunst actually won? But Kirstie Alley read the wrong name on purpose. Is that where we're going to go with this? But then they go, and I was like, oh, wait, all these amazingly coincidentally lucky things keep happening to Kirsten Dunst. Was she behind some of this all along? Like, were there two villains? But then, no, just good things keep happening. It kind of winds up. I'm like, okay, it's, it's, it's fine. Um, and I get where they were going. I just really thought it was going to all stay at the local pageant. I was surprised it went to the other pageants. But not a knock. Sounds like a knock. No, not a knock. Giving him an eye. That's fine. Uh, yeah, you're getting a stink eye. They, they actually cut uh, cut parts where uh, Jan himself plays a super pervy janitor who spies on the girls all the time. Yeah. And see, that's redundant because we've already got the creepy We didn't judge. need that. We have Mike, we have Matt Malloy. Judge, John Doe. Yeah, so we have Matt Malloy, fine. who likes to look at the young girls. <laughs> Bring the uh, young girls in. Where are the young girls? Oh, it's just the camera I keep in my car for uh, traffic accidents. Yeah, for traffic accidents. Oh, my God. It's so bad. It's so good. It's great. 
It's on Hulu. See it. Uh, watch it. Watch it again and again and laugh and laugh. Watch it at work. Show it to your boss. Yes. It's and a great Share great your password video. with your friends so mm-hmm. they can watch it too. Do that too. Everyone should watch it. Unless Hulu wants to sponsor us, in which case, don't ever share your password. Yeah. Hit us up, Hulu. We're What's easy up? to find. What's up, Hulu? Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Great so, movie. Great movie. I so I'm too I'm I've done well. You're now. crushing it. You're crushing it. I'm doing well. I've shown you two cult classics. Mm-hmm. And uh, and a broad mainstream rom com, British rom com mm-hmm. that can't go wrong. My own dad. I told him about. He's like, how's that? How's uh? How's your thing? Uh, your your uh show going? That. I mean, he doesn't have any idea what a podcast is. And I was like, oh, it's great. You know, I just showed Daniel um, uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. And he's like, that is a great movie. That is a really funny movie. I mean, that's a really funny movie. And I was like, we watched Aliens um, before that. He's like, well, that's crap. And I was like, I love you so How much. How dare you, sir? I love you he's so much. He's never going to hear this. He's like, if it's not The Predator, I don't want to hear about it. And then he has he to do. The then he has to do the theme from the Predator. He has to try to sing it to me. He tries to sing that to me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "What are you? What's happening?" He's unusual. I love him so much. He's great. Um, okay, so hell yes. Hell yes. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Um, I, it does not matter to me. Who I will first? go first. Okay. Here's my hell yeah. My hell yeah is the recently released trailer for the Netflix show The Witcher. Starring Henry Cavill, based on a series of fantasy novels, Get Those Nerds Ready, and then turned into a couple of, uh, actually three really good video games. Um, a few years ago, I was playing The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, and I'm sitting there on the couch, probably half-dressed, very intently focused on the screen. And Tracy walks in and stares at me with a look of both concern and curiosity and like a vague existential who did I marry kind of vibe in the air. And also, and she, what's that smell? I don't know. And she says, what are you doing right now? And the answer was playing a video game, unwinding, enjoying my Sunday. I could have said any of those and been within, well within my rights. But I said what I was doing within the game, which was I'm converting my gold with this dwarf to the currency of this nation so I can buy better armor. And she stares at me and then just puts her hand to her mouth like a trumpet and yells nerd in my face. Yeah. And then also makes up a little uh, little theme song for the fantasy like. So that's like our shorthand now. He recorded it for like our nerdy little Uh, yeah nerdy little games. He recorded me singing it because he was like, "This makes me so happy." Yeah. When I come in, he'll like turn the volume off. I'm like, "What's going on?" He's like, "It's playing that music," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Uh, I spent I spent no small amount of time playing Wild Hunt, a great game. It's a goat for sure, a goat. And I've got some of the books, and the books are fun too. So I'm looking forward to the show in a major way. I love Henry Cavill. Love The Witcher. And I'm going to just nerd out and have a great time with it. And the trailer just came out. And uh, I don't know when it's coming out on Netflix, but the trailer's out now. I'm going to watch it for Henry Cavill's body and face Mm -hmm. and as much of it as I can get. There you go. Me too. But also for other stuff. Mainly for other stuff. So, yeah, that's my hell yeah. The trailer for The Witcher. 
hey, honey. Yeah, this is her impression they of me. Made, they made a movie. They made a TV show out of the game I like. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's yeah, it. that's how I feel like he was. Yep. Anyway. So what's your hell yeah? My hell yeah is that we went to the dog show yesterday. We did go to the dog show. So Daniel and I call the dog show our strip club experience. Let's explain why real quick. I will, it's my hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I will do the talking. Do it. Okay, so we love going to the Houston Dog Show, not for the, I mean, not for the foofy, like, who who's the best poodle. Um, you're all the best poodle. Um, they're all good poodles, and I love them all. Um, you be an amazing judge. I was. Uh, 17 blue ribbons, please, to booth you're one. You're all the best poodle. Come here so I can rub my face at your fur. And they're like, you're terrible at this. Terrible. How did you even get in here? Yeah. Ma'am, you're not even a judge. You just take the dogs and run out. <laughs> yes. She stole the dogs. Uh, we go because we love... Um, Daniel gets a big wad of ones from the bank. And we go up and down the aisles of all the rescue organizations that come and have booths, which I think personally should be free, but I know that they have to pay for the booths, which is bullshit. Um, and we just stuff money in every container that we see and, and love on the dogs and say thank you. And they're always trying to, they always try to give you something. They're like, oh, here's a koozie. We're like, no, keep the koozie. We just want, thank you for taking care of, because our animals are all rescues. And so we call it the strip club because we're just, you know, making it rain for the, for the uh, rescues. I cannot emphasize this enough. If you can donate to organizations that are rescuing animals, I don't care if it's dogs or cats or bunnies, chinchillas, whatever, do that. These people, I cannot tell you how much money these people, of their own money these people spend to take care of these animals, but their time and their heart goes into this and uh, and it's a thankless job. And it's so important because there are so many babies out there that need love. And so we, um, we love, love doing that. And basically for two hours, we will just go up and down and stuff money in and hug and kiss on as many dogs as we possibly can. It's embarrassing. But amazing. It's, awesome. it's the best. It's the I best get so day. many puppy kisses. I get so much love. It's Daniel just, he, what is you? He's, it's like my heaven. I mean, mm-hmm. really. A dog, I, they hear, they hear the voice. Uh, Daniel calls it the voice. And they just turn to me like, oh, it's you. And I'm like, I know, it's me. Come here. The owner, sometimes the owner will be like, oh, they're not normally. And Daniel's like, just, it's my wife. It's fine. They, they, it's she's going to be that way. Mm-hmm. So that's my hell. Yeah. Please get a chance to help out. If you can foster, if you can, we have, I have a lot of friends that foster. We would accept that, uh, our dog is a psychotic. She would eat a lunatic. Did not be pretty. Yeah. And, uh, foster or donate or, um, whatever you can mm-hmm. and hit up a dog show. Cause they're super fucking fun. And that's my hell yeah. That's a good one. That was a good time. Yeah. Good hell yeah. We've got a mini-sode coming up this week. Mm-hmm. Um, should I say what we're going to talk no. about? Mm-mm. No, I won't. But we're going to talk about a movie listen that... Listen when it shows up on your phone. We're going to talk about some listener listener mail that brings up a movie that 
we all love. And if you don't love it, then I'm going the to question your sanity. Just get the hell out. I don't even know what to do with you. It's not okay. I mean, what is wrong with you? We've you talked about this. You should know better. I'm not oh. mad. I'm just disappointed. I just wish. It's great. Yeah. It's great. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And we love you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are so grateful for all the people that have been uh, listening and writing in. Please write in because those are the most fun. And if you get a chance, uh, check us out on Instagram um twitter i don't even know if daniel's doing twitter but i'm doing I instagram am. instagram facebook and twitter are all not seen this pod yes. you can email us at not seen this pod at gmail.com and you can listen to us on many things we've had people ask you can listen to us on stitcher spotify uh apple libsyn um one called pocket cast that i've never heard of cast, before uh, over pocket or something overcast overcast mm-hmm. overcast that's a cute name mm-hmm. um yeah so we are everywhere we are coming for you and if you have a podcast provider that you listen to and we're not on there let us know and we'll figure out how to get on there yes and please uh leave us a written review on the podcast please do thing of your choice it because helps us out. it helps us out and uh, we want to be able to keep doing this for you guys because mm-hmm. we love you and we love movies. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, I may let, uh, I think that I'm going to look up, I think it's Taikido Matsuda. Was that her name? I can't remember her name. I got to look it up. Um, I may let her take us out. Oh, we should. That's a good idea. Let's let her take Hang us on. out. But I kind of, I should get her name right because that's rude. If I just am like, that Japanese girl, that's horrible. Although appropriate considering the movie that we just watched. Just a second. Do, do, do. No, Seiko Matsuda. Yeah. We're going to listen to some Seiko Matsuda on the way out. Mm -hmm. So enjoy and we'll see you later this week. Bye, everybody. Bye. So touch me now